working, so we may proceed. And we're back. Welcome Did to... we ever leave? We never left. <laughs> Recovery a- in the Middle Ages, the podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads and their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. Yep. I'm Nat. I'm Mike today. And welcome to a very special Thanksgiving hangover edition of Recovery in the Middle Ages. Yeah, man, I am so hungover. Yes. <laughs> Is everybody out there <laughs> sufficiently hungover? Um, Mine is just pie. It's a pie hangover. Uh, yeah, yeah, lots of turkey and uh, tryptophan and. Um, yeah, ben is really into the whole tryptophan thing. Yeah, he thinks uh, he thinks that it's so real. He's talked himself into thinking that if he eats turkey, he has to go lie down and go to sleep. Like he was doing this when I made him a turkey sandwich for <laughs> That's lunch. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, somebody at my Thanksgiving. Uh, announced that uh, the tryptophan thing was an urban legend. That's what I believe. But I don't know. I, I actually have never done the research. Can you no, imagine? Nor have I. Um, I'm not an expert. So um, just welcome. And um, before we get into that, we visit us on Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you could give us a uh, rate, a review, and subscribe. Make sure it's five stars. We've actually got a great review that I wanted to read. This week, um, it's in your pocket. It's on my like phone. Hey, yes. Hey, Nat. While you're looking for that, I'm just going to remind the listeners: the best way to share your love of recovery in the Middle Ages is by telling a friend. Tell a friend. Yeah. Good old face-to-face marketing. Do you have the review on your phone? My phone is somewhere else. Yes. If you can, you make word salad while I try and find it. Yeah. So um, we, I had a great. Oh, the other thing is, I'm sorry, uh, middleagesrecovery.com. Um, check it out. We've been working on it. We're um, I kind of got behind on getting writers to write. Um, I just had to follow up with some uh, some of my buddies who are good writers and are looking to write their stories. But right away, you could go to Recovery in the Middle Ages and you fill, uh, fill out, um, I mean, middleagesrecovery.com and you fill out our tell us your story. We get an email. And um, we'll read it. Yeah. Um, the great, really cool review we just got. Uh, we now have 21 ratings. 21 ratings. Which uh, is good, man. I'm surprised 21 people took the time to say anything about us. Right. Uh, and so here it is. It's by uh, Carrie Marie 13. The title is Alt Recovery. Um, you guys have helped me with your percentage analogy. I was beating myself up so hard about a slip, but then I listened and I was like, one day out of 40 isn't me falling down the whole hill. So instead, I'm going on a run. I went on a walk and forgave myself and continued getting better. Thank you. And thank you so much, Carrie Marie 13. Thanks. Um, that well, was all you. You're getting, that was your, your percentage thing was The percentage was cool. thing helped what me a lot. Um, well, it's basically, you know, if you, if you drank for um, the entire month of September, but you only drank for one day out of the entire month of October, then you are way ahead of the game. You're actually a success, and you shouldn't fixate on the one day as a failure. You are 99% in positive territory. Yeah, and I think that's a really important part. I mean, I think as we're doing the show, uh, oh, at least for me, I'm starting to like really form you know, or, or crystallize what are my opinions and my thoughts on, on this stuff that's sort of just been jumbling around as I'm reading and talking yes. and over the years going to meetings and uh, classes. And um, I feel like I'm starting to put together almost like a, a, a combined theory of everything, like just like Einstein, comparing right. myself to Einstein. Exactly. Right now, everyone. It's the unified theory of recovery. <laughs> unified field theory that's right. of recovery. I believe it's out there. but. Yep. Uh, the truth is probably not. I was so having, look forward to yeah. our book coming in the new year yeah. <laughs> where we synthesize all of this wisdom and uh, and put it together in an easily digestible format yes. for you. So make a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll read it, especially if it's make, good. Make a review. Make a review. Is that... I'm an English major. I don't know just, if that's... Just make the review, people. Make it good. Make happy good. And if you have criticisms, just email those. Don't, yes, you don't yes. Have to keep put that... Those. But you know what? Um, don't air our so dirty to, laundry. To borrow from another podcast idea, and I like this idea, um, if you want to tell us your story. You can either do it on our website at middleagesrecovery.com or an alternative would be to go to Apple Podcasts and instead of writing review, write a little, write your story there. Yeah. Right? Be good. Write it there. We'll and you know, we'll pick it, read it on the air if you want. That's a great idea. You Combine know. it. Combine yeah. it. Um that's very cool. And this is all also f- 
you know, like we've got a group on Facebook uh, that that's starting to grow. Just the regular show where you get news, and then we've got a private group which is a hundred percent unsearchable. It's private. You have to be admitted right. by our gatekeepers, who are very selective in, in who's allowed to come in there. There's some uh, questions you have to answer, but they're <laughs> yes. they're very easy. It's not a test. We've got uh, some questions, really. and I want them answered immediately. Yes, and uh, or you will be tied up with piano wire. What was uh, that? What accent was that? Were you trying to do like the Boris Germans. and Natasha? Or, so oh, the going Germans. Na- oh, Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Anyway, yeah, orders which must be obeyed at all times. And um, so on Thanksgiving, what did you guys do? <laughs> what is that one? Yeah. Well, I, I made all my kids watch uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Oh, why did I forget to do that? We uh, do that uh, every year. It's our tradition. All of them, actually. The uh, you know we do we started Halloween and work our way through. Yeah, I feel like everything I do, I, like I'm always trying to start traditions in the house. I'm always like, it's a new, it's a tradition, and it's like, I'm always like, here's the new tradition. Right. We are gonna watch you know Doctor Who season one like on repeat, and no, it's like, no, no, we're not doing that. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, well, so so we do the peanuts, right? Usually, uh, I kind of Ben is kind of the only one that sits through it now. The older, the other two are not really into it, but um, but soon we're coming up to the heat and the heat and snow miser. Um, I guess okay. Yeah, well, this it's, way I can yeah, see it. Um, <laughs> so you know, the year without a Santa Claus, you you do that one. No, the claymation is, from the seventies, heat miser, snow a, miser. There's a few of those. Yeah, I come on, the dude. miser. I mean, that is so anti. It's like such an anti-Semitic like depiction. No, no, you don't. Of, he has like an Israel like a. So I am Mr. You know, cheap man who is evil and trying to destroy Christmas. You really, like, you, you don't know the... Uh, I was offended. I thought it was anti-Semitic. You don't know the heat miser and the snow miser story? I, th- I don't know. What was I just talking about? Where it's that old Nebuchadnezzar leader. He's like a World War One German soldier. Um, and uh, it's all claymation. No. And that's like the story of Santa Claus. Nice. Come on. I don't know this one. Wow. I, I love it. I mean, yes, I've seen this. Okay. I think that 10 years of difference between us really makes a difference, man, because oh. I grew up on this, that thing. Yeah, I didn't watch Starsky and Hutch. Yeah. You did. Sure, <laughs> of course. You did. The original one, not the movie. No. Oh, that's right. They yeah. did. Ben Stiller. Right, it was yes. in the, you know, demands they, a genius. They camped it up, but uh, so you, anyway, so yeah, your... I'm excited for Snow Miser and Heat Miser yep. and all that shit. You know, this is what this is what takes the place of doing drugs in a small room for me these days. You know, uh, yeah, but well, uh, you know, it's great get the kids into into the old the old classics, as it were. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, I'm I'm always surprised at whether or not my kids will be responsive to the stuff that I used to like, mm. and I'm always I actually tried to get Noah to watch Faulty Towers because he's been really getting into uh-huh. The Simpsons, which is completely inappropriate for a 10-year-old, I just want to say. So I'm doing a lot of putting my hands over his eyes, you know, but then I realize it's The Simpsons. Simpsons. Gives is, a crap. It's like PG, maybe, yeah. you know. It's just me with my sex hang-ups. Anytime Marge <laughs> and, and Homer talk about, like, and they, when you're actually paying attention, because there's a kid watching, you don't realize how much of that yeah, stuff is on true. The Simpsons. And, like, uh, so some of the stuff you just don't explain. But well, you know, my, my, my oldest would used to sit in the living room watching Family Guy with Ben there. And they, I mean, talk about inappropriate yeah. stuff. I mean, you know, there's a few shows like South Park. And like, yeah, yeah. Well, they do a lot of jokes about you know, like abortion, abortion, child molestation. <laughs> yeah. You know, and he's taking it all in. You know, it's yeah. But, it's uh, really we had bad. to put the kibosh on on that being on the main TV. Yeah. So you were home with uh, with Aaron and the kids, and did you have relatives? Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really just like you spent a lot of time programming. I just have show. not hit that button enough <laughs> this season. Uh, yeah, I mean it was very quiet. We we uh, Zoom called with um, different relatives. Oh, cool! Uh, one at noon, one at six, one at seven. Yeah, uh, so that was nice. Um, but you know there was no 
it was just us, you know. I yeah. I made the turkey in the something called a Big Easy. It's like an air fryer. Oh, sick! It came out really nice. You yeah. air fried an entire turkey. Yeah, was it like crispy on the outside? It really was. Huh. So good. Um, it's really cool. See, the funny thing is, they sell that air. It's they call it an air fryer, but in India they sell the same thing as a tandoori oven. But here they slap a different label on it and they call it an air fryer. Oh, you could make tandoori chicken. I could, but Can it's we try this it? weird round thing that you just lower the meat like it's going into a big pit <laughs> so i'm not sure that sounds they pretty do, awesome they make an attachment that i can hang individual drumsticks like it, it, it looks like um so awesome. like silence of the lambs that yeah. guy's pit you know hello claddies <laughs> puts the lotion in the basket um so you know i puts guess the lotion I, on its skin i could make something else other than a turkey in there but i never have mm-hmm. uh, so i've used it three times over the last five or six years so what about a Twinkie? What, what would happen with a Twinkie? Yeah. I feel like we're doing a lot of inane chatter. This is exactly the stuff your wife is telling us not That's to That's right, do. Aaron. Um, this sorry. This is for you, the inane chatter. So let's move on, because I, I do... not know anything. <laughs> yeah. oh, thank you, Dr. Phil. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's cool. A lot of people were doing it different this year. We uh, How did you do it? We, well, we had... Uh, ultimately, we ended up at my wife's cousin's uh, place, who we she would traditionally do. She's got three kids... And so we typically would go there. But the, the problem this year, so we actually traveled. And uh, the town we went to is a yellow zone. Oh, no. Yes. Um, so we, we did a rule where we're like, it was just us. Just don't unroll the windows. Don't put your finger in anyone else's mouth like for any reason. <laughs> Good rule. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just didn't do as much hugging and kissing as we typically. Right. right? You know. Wait, uh, how many people? Uh, I think You don't have to. I counted. Know. No, I counted. It was... Um, like 10, I think, on the dot. On the dot? I think so it was... So the governor doesn't have two, to peer four, in the window and write you a ticket? Five, six. Six plus three is nine. I feel like there's another then the little baby. Yeah, 10 people. And a dog. <laughs> but it was really good, and um, our, our cousin... Uh, Anybody get shit-faced? My... I shouldn't say. Um, <laughs> let me say that there was maybe one, one a, adult... Who was um, who had, had clearly had been probably smoking weed before really? they came, and um, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for mentioning anything. But th- there's <laughs> no way that these people are listening. So right. yeah, I mean everybody's got that one person. What about? I mean, you just had your kids. I mean, none of your kids got wasted. No, I didn't get wasted. Uh, my oldest son would have been the only one, yeah. maybe you know, teenage out, <laughs> but he was fine. Um, yeah. yeah, no, there wasn't even a bottle of wine in the house this year. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, uh, where we went, they they're, they do drink. They're not like crazy drinkers, but um, everybody there is aware that I am not drinking because it's been many years since I started, you know, putting my hand up and people knowing like, well, I shouldn't give that guy a drink. Right, right. And, uh, and so it's kind of easy for me. And I did the thing I always do. I went to play with the kids and, you know, the football was on. I actually got to sit down with... Um, my my wife's cousin's husband, but I consider him my cu- husband. We're pretty close, and uh, his brother. We just sort of, you know, I dozed off for fifteen minutes. It was amazing. Wow! I'm like, wow, my kids are having fun. Um, you know, I'm not stressing about drinking or using drugs, and I've done that before in that same exact scenario, sitting in that same house. Like, mm. um, you know, I've been pretty strung out, and it feels really good to just be able to. You know, hey, I'm sitting on the couch. I've passed out. Even though it's three o'clock, nobody's like, oh, he's wasted. Right. Or, oh, there goes Nat again. It's sort of like, oh, maybe I'm just taking, taking a little nap. nap. Imagine hey, that. A normal nap. Imagine someone, you know, taking a nap who's tired. And, um, you know, and so that was cool. I mean, we had a really great time. We used, we used to, um, you know, when I was a kid or slight, slightly older, if someone would get too fucked up at a holiday gathering, we'd always say, don't be an Uncle Cubby. And Uncle Cubby was, you know, he's the uncle, right? Everybody's got right. one. Who uh, <laughs> You may have been that uncle. I think I probably was <laughs> for my brother's kids. Yeah. But Uncle Cubby used to come and he was a great guy. He was, you know, told a lot of jokes, did a little sleight of hand, you know. Um, <laughs> Nothing like me. I mean. <laughs> But Uncle Cubby would hit it, hit the scotch pretty hard. He usually would come uh, a little bit in the bag before he got there. And invariably, before the end of the gathering, uh, he'd be asleep in the car with his foot hanging out the window. That was that was my enduring wow. image of Uncle Cubby. Nice guy. Uh, he passed away rather recently, actually. But yeah. somehow the drinking kept him alive. I think he um, he quit in the last five years or so of his life. But yeah, great guy. But you know, it was you could set your watch by when Uncle Cubby would pass out. You know, I think it would be a great. 
segment to do in the holiday season for us if we got the listeners to give us their stories about who's their Uncle Cubby. Yeah. Like who? It's the Uncle who, Cubby competition. Give us your best story of a drunk relative who's like habitually drunk at, <laughs> at, at uh, holidays. Uh, change the names and um, maybe we'll, we'll do that each week. Funny stories are yeah. better, um, but, you know, if there's pathos, I suppose we'll work that in. Yeah. Too. Um, so <laughs> that'll be great. And uh, I understand you took, you, you ran, you ran 5K. Yeah. What was it? What kind of race was it? The Turkey Trot. <laughs> they do it every year in our town. Um, they do. I was surprised they did it this year, considering, you know, the COVID and all. Well, you, of course, wore a hazmat suit while you were running. I did have facial protection, as yeah. did my son. We both... Uh, you ran with a protector? I ran with a... with a, um, No. The requirement was to have it on at the starting line and when you cross the finish line. Oh. So... That's interesting. Could, yeah. So, yeah, my uh, 10-year-old... Uh, ben went with me and had a great time. Um, you know, he seems to enjoy it. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. I wish I could get, anytime I can get my son, to, like I think on Thanksgiving, I've got this ridiculous Pee Wee Herman bike. Um, I should put a picture. It's like, if anybody saw the, the Pee Wee Herman movie, uh, he sure. has this, it's all about this absurd bike that's like multicolored rainbows and it's it's crazy. And my mm-hmm. sister-in-law had one like that. Donated it to us at some point when she was moving. Awesome. So I pumped up the tires because it's the only bike I have. And I've, and my son was in his um, Miles Morales into the Spider-Verse Spider-Man costume, you know, head to toe with sneakers on, riding with a helmet on, no mask. <laughs> biking ahead of me, and I'm on this ridiculous bike, and of course my neighbor, who I happen to be friends with, pulls over and just <laughs> starts laying into me about the bike. It was pretty funny. Wow. But um, <laughs> it was nice. I like it when we can get them to do something healthy. Um, some kids naturally go out and want to do sports. Uh, I don't I don't have one of those kids. Right. Um, and uh, Did your kids do any sports? Well, Noah's pretty uh, active. <sighs> He's like a... Yeah, he's he's only. Are you kidding? <laughs> he is. I know, I know, because of the nature of the work I do, especially is sports related, and. Um, but he's, doesn't he? He's not in soccer or anything, is he? Was no, he? Uh, Ben he, used to be. He but did like tennis lessons and yeah. stuff, and um, Max does the soccer. But Noah's real passion is for lying down and watching TV. Oh, like Ben. Um, you know, and then playing like Roblox or doing creative stuff. He's very, but he's like naturally musical. He's good at his trumpet. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So Whatever, I'm just man. trying to like, find you know, his passion. Different, different you know. folks. I mean, you know, I, I always hated the parents that kind of pushed the kids into yeah. sports. And But our kids are kind of similar. I mean, it, and uh, I don't know if we mentioned that they were, they uh, had a bit of a tiff. Oh, um, yeah. But they have now buried the hatchet. Not in each other's heads. No, no. Frankly, um, fortunately. And I knew it wasn't like, no one wasn't really mad and, um, Kids just like talk shit to each other sometimes, but um, so all well, was well. And ben, then they had Ben a, told me uh, yeah. that Noah told him that he actually never got when Ben called him a fucking asshole. Like oh, Noah he had, never actually Noah saw had it. dropped off of Discord before Ben sent the message. So we made so this did, whole thing about right, nothing. It was all in our heads. <laughs> the kids were like, they weren't. They were even, like, "What yeah, are you talking about?" Yeah. So Noah was just kind of humoring me when he was just like, "Yeah, sure," but he had nothing. Yeah. Like he said, he wasn't mad, and I think Ben came over. Yeah, they, they had hung fun. Out. Yeah, I had fun. So they. Uh, buried it, buried the hatchet. And today we are on a, a very uh, special, like I said, this is our new tradition. It's Black Friday, and we are in in my store, and are. people are lined up around the block. <laughs> so what We're we, making them wait. wait is we are, we're we told them make, we have a couple PS5s in here. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right. <laughs> PS5, I, I definitely want one, and I think both of our families are interested oh. in a PS5. Yeah, well, I, that's the only thing my older son wants, and I've been chasing that dragon for a couple of weeks, and I can't seem to, really, to lay hands on it. Yeah. yeah, if anybody if anybody out there's got a line on where I can get a PS Five, <laughs> drop me a note, please. Yeah, I don't uh, want to spend over five thousand dollars for it, though. No, you, you'll uh, I can reward you with a guest slot on the podcast. Well, if I get it from Santa Claus. Um, and that's another thing we're going to talk about: kids and Santa Claus. Shit, was your wife trying to get that for you? That, I don't. Th- maybe. No? I mean, okay. we've been saying. I don't know. I don't think so. I think really this is supposed to be Noah's big gift. Okay. 
that um, which I'm annoyed with because I want it. Um, <laughs> but I still have a lot of gratitude, and that is yes. uh, that is the topic. So, Aaron, we are getting on topic. Okay, we're going right. to stop. Here's the topic, Aaron. Topic is <laughs> gratitude. Have an attitude of gratitude. Have you ever heard that in the rooms? Yeah. Anyone out there? Oh, I thought um, you were asking me. I was partially. I hate the rhyming stuff. Though. I know. Have an it's attitude. Or how about this? Is a good one. If not, it, and I was watching an inter- intervention again because I can't stop myself. <laughs> and um, you know, the the interventionist gets this. You know, the, the girl is saying something like, "I can't do it," but I can't, I'm not going to. Don't know if I can do it. And she's like, she looks at her and says, "Honey, if nothing changes, nothing changes." Wow. And it was like this. Re- ridiculous like moment of pseudo intellectual wisdom like washing right. over the whole job. like wow. oh god did 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 um people did the say person that. have a moment of clarity uh, yeah of yeah. course when yeah. you hear that kind of well it's, was it the third wisdom. act of the show i mean <laughs> it was you know, yeah it was you right. gotta have a good story arc yeah for those things um but that always is always redemption line. remember behind the music like the bands yes. would always like they would struggle then then they would fall apart due to drugs and at the end everybody was putting their shit back together and their comeback album was out and it was everything was wonderful <laughs> but you know those little sayings like that you nothing know changes the, nothing changes it's basically like you know what memes are, right? Yeah. You know, like, like I came across one just this morning. I was reading an email from somebody. I think maybe it was Annie Grace. And it was like, uh, you know, there's so much pressure in the holidays. But as, as we know, like, you know, when you exert a lot of pressure, that's when you can see where the leaks are. And I was mm. like, oh, dude, yeah. I like right. that one. Right? See where the leaks you are. Put the or pressure, another one the- people say that doesn't mean anything to anybody usually is water seeks its own level. If, if you ever want to say something obsequious that yeah. sounds like it's, it's right. wise and like someone will say, you know. <laughs> I love it. Well, as you know, you know, water seeks its own level. So right. Stay out of the weeds. You know, you could just one of these things after another. You could just, it's a whole language. But I'm Can I'm I talk thankful. about the backpack? What that? Yes. Talk about <laughs> Sorry. the backpack. I'm, just, I'm synthesizing because I was like, we really didn't prepare much for this show because, uh, you, know. you know, yesterday was Thanksgiving and we was, you know, so I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, I'm like, who, who can I, which podcast can I rip off this week for, for something <laughs> good? And so I'm inspiration. It's inspiration. Inspiration, right? I'm listening to this Naked Mind uh, this morning when they have the coaching uh, thing and, and the, the one coach they had on there was talking about how, you know, we all walk around carrying this really heavy backpack on our backs that we don't even realize is there. And it's full of rocks and each rock represents a reason that we, we drink or use. And mm. the, the a trick in proceeding forward in, in, in constant evolution of your recovery is to start taking those rocks out one by one, mm. examining them and then replacing them with a tool. Oh. Tool to sit, stay sober. So and I was like, you know what? what? I like that. You know, usually I find those yeah. things to be trite and like, yeah. you know, irritatingly oversimplified. But, but that is good because you were. It's it's the whole it's the whole um, you know working a twelve hour a day job that you don't get paid for. It's like the same thing. It's like mm-hmm. you, you're carrying around this this is that no yeah. carrying around this backpack full of full of you know justifications and yeah. reasons to drink and you know the yeah. trick is to empty the backpack and replace it with tools to stay sober so yeah, i just like that aa peeps out there are probably thinking what i'm thinking is oh drop the rock it's this very famous step 6 and right 7 into the stem 6 6 and 7 <laughs> drop the rock <laughs> that's right onto that charboy charboy uh um what is that stuff the brillo pads brillo pads i, I actually would just buy the uh the metal screen so i didn't I didn't do Brillo pads. Yeah. But um, Drop the Rock was a book, and uh, everybody talks about that book, and I actually have it. My first or second sponsor gave it to me. What's The Rock? The Rock is just what you're talking about. You're carrying this rock around. Yeah. And you should just let it go. Just let it go, people. Right. Let it go. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's a great analogy. Um, And I think there's an allegory or a parable that goes along with that. Parables. I love parables. Yeah, we were talking about that. Especially this time of year. What is a parable? It's a story that... um, is like a teaches you something and it's fictional, but it's to teach a message and a parable like with Jesus, you know, and all the famous parables. So there's like, there's lots of allegories. Mustard mustard seeds, loaves and fishes, that sort of thing. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Loaves, loaves and fishes. Oh, no, that was not I think that really happened. Yeah. Yeah, But in in any case, that's also debatable. So gratitude, what am I thankful for? Um, What am I thankful for? I'm so thankful and I'm thinking about this a lot as I tend to do, uh, anytime I approach a holiday season where I've, I'm sober and I've been sober, I can sort of appreciate all of the things, you know, that are simple that I'm able to do. 
that I what I just were taken away from me or that I lost due to my own idiocy and disease, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the little things like um, I forgot something and I was like, I'll be right back. And I got into my car legally, drove to 7-Eleven. I didn't buy a six pack of beer and drink it before I got home in five minutes. You actually got the thing you forgot. Got the thing I forgot. I bought it. I came back and I wasn't trying to hide my breath like I had just done a fast drink. Mm. I wasn't like, you know, there was just, it was just so simple. Yeah. And everything like that is so simple this year. Um, you know, and, uh, and I think about those times I go back and I think I might have some PS- PTSD, honestly, like sure. when I'm driving sometimes and I was in a lot of car wrecks, I even flipped a car. Um, and sometimes I've pushed those things so far out of my head that the longer I stay clean, those memories are popping up mm-hmm. and like it's giving me anxiety. Yeah. Well, it's know? all that stuff that's been buried in your subconscious because you didn't want to think about it and you know yeah now, now that you're, there's you've got some distance between yourself and your active life yeah. you know you, you think about that other person really who who you, you know you're used to be and who the who yeah. the substances made you be it's insanity and uh, so just so you know and things aren't perfect uh you know nothing is perfect no. none of us is perfect no just progressing um, progress, not perfection. That's right. And so, yeah, I'm just really grateful that I still have my family. I'm grateful for this podcast. It's a lot of fun. I'm so I'm like I'm glad we did it. Yeah, this is like I'm a great very glad. new thing, and it's it's fun. And um, grateful for my kids. I'm grateful. I don't know. I'm grateful that God didn't uh, strike me down by now. I've been looking for that blue lightning bolt. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as it happens, seriously, God right? That. Or you know, metaphorically, by giving you some kind of horrible disease or failing liver, yeah. or you know, any of the other things that could have gone what? really wrong. Sure. After all those years of of using the body in a way it was not designed to be used. I mean, to I me, had, that's like a, one of the biggest things of gratitude. I feel is that you know I came through the other side relatively unscathed. I mean, God knows if I end up with COPD for some of the shit I used to smoke in the eighties, <laughs> right? But yeah. you know, for for the most part, knock on wood, I've been very healthy, you know, since, yeah. since stopping. And I, I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. I had this terrifying, and this is one of the reasons I think I have PTSD because I think of these things and they get, they affect me. I completely imagined a, a parallel life. Um, I haven't really talked about this so much on this show. Uh, I, that I did, I had an OD on fentanyl a couple of years ago. I think it was 2018 mm. maybe. And, um, after that, I, uh, I woke up with compartment syndrome, which means uh, I was sleeping on a nerve or something when I was out, when I was dead, basically. And it cut off either, I think it was blood flow or whatever it was. And I couldn't feel my right hand or really use my right arm for, I don't know, three weeks. Jeez. Um, and um, oh, my wife is calling me. And um, I'm going to call you back on. She can't hear me, can she? Um, <laughs> no. So... Uh, in any case, and then it, it returned. I had to see a neurologist, but I had this vision of my parallel life where I woke up from the OD and I had brain damage. Yeah, which, right. You know, and this is something a lot of junkies, myself included, did not think about when we were using. It's like, you figure, eh, if I die, no big deal, I die. Right. Um, and uh, which, of course, is absurd and it's a horrible thing. But <laughs> yes. you don't imagine the scenario, which does happen, of you don't get enough brain uh, brain to your oxygen. You don't get enough oxygen <laughs> to your brain and you wake up and you forever have brain damage. Right. And so I imagine myself. That must happen to a lot of people yeah. at OT. It does. Not only that, they lose limbs the same way I got compartment right. syndrome. You can lose a limb from that. You know, Google it, guys. It's it's horrifying. Like they have to take it off? Yeah. Or you just you lose the use? Lose the limb wow. completely, you know. This happens, and that's not just from um, from needle abscesses. Like you fall asleep on the wrong thing the wrong way, you lose the limb um, or lose use of it. And so, in this parallel life that I imagined, I imagined being like just you know having brain damage and viewing that from out of my eyes. If I couldn't you know talk right, what and the way that my family, if they didn't put me in a home the way that I would be around my children or if like my wife had to put me in a home because of it, right. like having the kids visit, like I started uh, imagining them visiting me yeah. every year and seeing them grow, but being like too messed up to say anything oh, loving, dude. but like still in the back of my mind, remembering the way, th- like that's what I was thinking about yeah. and holy shit, you know, that's, wow. th- you know, 
and you, I could drive myself crazy thinking about, man, what, what could have happened? Like I should like, let's say I got paralyzed, you know, forget the brain. Let's say I just lost, you know, neck down mm. because of um, a car accident. One of my car accidents. Mm-hmm. What if I'm in jail because I killed somebody, you know, cause I was dr- like all of that. Just like, there's so many things, you know, what if one of the dealers that I owed money came after me and slashed my face? Right. You know, something simple mm-hmm. <laughs> like a face slashing, mm-hmm. but all that, especially cause I listen to addiction memoirs a lot, you know, thinking of man, those situations and all this crazy shit. It's true. So I'm so grateful that I'm not in that situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just oh, like that's a healthy dose of gratitude. Have an attitude sure. of gratitude. Yeah. And, um, that's what, so that's what I'm thankful for is a lot. Yeah. And what, and so what about in my family? So what, what about you? What's number one? Well, uh, Number one is the fact that I can wake up every morning with a clear head and yeah. be fully present in my life for my kids and my family. I mean, that's to me, what else is there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm the same way for me. It's uh, my I'm, wife and kids and, you know, to my family and close friends. I think that's a lot of people, though. I like I don't relate to that anymore of like my friends, man, and you know, this is it. And like your family is like drug dealers and the people you do drug and your Yeah. That's, that's just like a weird fantasy world. that doesn't really exist. No. You know, like I was isolated. This, yeah. Exactly. I was so isolated and, and your world gets so small. Uh, and people talk about this when you, you're using well, for me anyway, it does. It's it very small. You stop talking. And then some of those relationships, I, I still haven't, you know, uh, gotten back. And, um, and that's sad. And, but, you know, to be grateful for what, how far we've come and to be cognizant of the things that still need to be done. I still have a lot of work to do. I'm going to go back to AA. I've decided really for all of the shit I talk. It's sort of like, um, I feel like AA for me is sort of like a family member that, you know, I like hate just need them to take sometimes. a break from them for a little you know, while and um, then go back. Yeah. And maybe going in again with more, op- you know, open eyes, knowing like what's kind of bullshit and who's bullshit mm-hmm. and, uh, and trying to get, you know, what it is good for, which is some uh, camaraderie and a little bit of structure to staying sober, which I feel like I need, yeah. um, as, as a component. More structure than this? And More once stru- a week sitting in your storeroom? <laughs> Pretty much. Blabbering into a microphone? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been lucky and fine, you know, but, um, it's time to do better, but I, that I that's think, for the new year episode. I, I think <laughs> it's interesting if there's, you know, just to circle back on this idea of like your different sort of life when you're using versus, you know. The, the life that you have when you're not, you know, there's a lot of people in early sobriety or before they get there who think that they just can't, that they're going to lose all their friends yeah. and all this other stuff. And, and, you know, you don't want to say to them, but sometimes you need to say like, it's entirely possible that all of the people that you spend all that time drinking with will, will not want to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> you may and never you know what? That's again. not a bad thing. You know, That's there's, there's going to be a period of time where you may have to like, you know, sort of like a um, like a caterpillar. You may have to spend a little time inside of this chrysalis before you emerge as a as a as a beautiful new butterfly. You know, right. and just and and make butterfly friends, not like caterpillar friends. Exactly. Things, yeah. or or like, and I get it. I'm not like making fun of people because I was there too. But there's the idea that like, you know, how am I going to find my joy? Right. Just, did you see someone post that on one of our boards? Where's my joy going to come from? Yeah. And, and it's sad because to think that you you can't get joy from anything but right or you, that's what you think and it's it's just a mistaken way of, of viewing yeah your reality because it's changed your brain chemistry so much that it makes you think yeah that it is the only source of happiness that exists when in actuality it's really your principal source of misery right and a lot of that is chemical in nature mm-hmm. your, your brain chemicals it, it replaces I don't remember the whole specific right. scientific description but the gist is that your brain starts placing priority on getting high above eating sleeping yeah. taking care of yourself and that is that is a physical brain change in chemistry of course e- even if you're just a moderate drinker it's sure. insidious the way that alcohol works on the brain i mean you you Gotta start have to have my think, scotch right you know, or, to or you know yeah and you start getting edgy and anxious and sure and it's just very it's very weird to look at it with the benefit of some hindsight looking backwards on how you were, were thinking at the time like yeah you know it's it's silly like you know mm-hmm. alcohol doesn't do what it what it advertises itself to do either that's the thing yeah and but it gets inside your 
fucking brain and makes you think that you can't live without it. Yeah, I think uh, and this might have been in the Andy Gray's book about, you know, learning how to change the way you think about alcohol. She talks a lot or writes a lot about um, how children react to alcohol and that to looking at that and study, you know, paying attention to that should inform us really uh, on some of the, the basic facts about alcohol. One of which is if a kid tastes alcohol, they don't like it. No, spit it out. And, and most people, when they first try alcohol, they don't like it. And then a person next to them will say, oh, you just, it's an acquired taste. You just have to try, mm-hmm. try more. <laughs> and just drink more or drink, you know. Or you just drink pina coladas. Which right. T- oh, it's just all good. sugar. <laughs> and then um, once that you get the, get the joke, so to speak, you'll understand, once you'll understand like, oh, I drink this, tastes like shit. And then I will get some kind of payoff. And then, um, and then your life gets horrible trying to chase that. Like, so my son, like we still have alcohol in the house. Um, my wife keeps some for herself. She mostly does wine. And then I guess we had. Does wine. Yeah, <laughs> she does wine. <laughs> she does wine. Mainlines it. <laughs> she um, also has these uh, uh, seltzers, a hard seltzer. Yeah. And keeps them in the. I'm so I, glad I missed that because it yeah. sounds disgusting. Yeah. I, I drank those a bunch. They're, they're, they're more like they're, they're gross. It, the whole thing is, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. It's just like bad tasting water with bubbles. Uh, and so my son also, I have the LaCroix, you know, mm-hmm. uh, seltzers and they're all starting to look the same, you know? <laughs> and so he says to me, we're watching TV. He goes, Oh, I'm going to go grab a seltzer. Um, which is weird to begin with because, but we got these new seltzers that have a little flavor that are not alcoholic. Anyway, he goes and grabs a hard seltzer and it was a different brand that I've never seen before. So I didn't like recognize it as alcoholic. And so it didn't occur to me that he was opening a hard, you know, a hard seltzer. He opens it up, takes his sip and it's just like, oh, what is this? This is so gross. <laughs> and I pick it up and I look at it and I'm, th- I'm thinking like maybe it's hard seltzer, but maybe it's just gross because I didn't buy it. I don't know what it is. I didn't recognize it. And then really small, like the, the alcoholic part where it says it's alcoholic was barely legible hmm. on the bottom. I mean, it really... You know, uh, but his reaction... Do you think that was deliberate on the part of... I mean... I think... I mean, people, why would they want to trick children into... Yeah, I know. Well, it, maybe they do. I mean, that's what the cigarette industry and the vaping industry gets accused of all the time, you know? Um, but I mean, alcohol sells itself, right? I absolutely. Mean, so, you know, how much marketing do you need? Well, I guess you need to get them in the first time, first couple times. Yeah. And get then past the revulsion. To, to get past the initial... Like, in sales, you're trying to... Um, uh, I managed salespeople for a long time. And um, when I did, one of the things is there's, they have to find the person's objections to mm-hmm. the sale. What's the objection? Get past that objection. So clarify it, mm-hmm. push past it. So if everybody's objection instantly to alcohol when they first try it is, this is disgusting. I never want to taste this again. If you have the reinforcement from years of seeing happy people drinking on television, mm-hmm. watching movies where they're drinking a romantic glass of wine, where... You know, all of these things, like you're watching a football game, it's beer is everywhere, and right. you see everybody drinking, you've seen your dad drink, you've mm-hmm. seen your mom drink, your friends, everything. So there's something in your head going, man, there's something wrong with you that you don't like this. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, maybe I'm just not doing this right. And then you drink it a little right. more. You try a different one. It's and not then, the thing, it's me. Right, yeah. Something's wrong with me. Right. Um, which is also kind of like... AA. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's something wrong with me. Alcohol is, it's like a mess. It's not the alcohol. It's yeah. me, right? Yeah. That's what they say. It's not the alcohol, but maybe it is the alcohol. Well, I'd see, maybe I disagree it's that it's not the, the alcohol. Person. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it is the alcohol. I think it's, I'm not saying it's the only thing, but, uh, you know, people who have, you know, personal issues that need to be worked out with a therapist, uh, alcohol doesn't, certainly doesn't help. It just confuses everything and makes, makes your problems that much harder to, to fix. No, and it reminds me of a lyric I wrote 25 years ago uh, on some song. I think about it. I never did find any answers at the bottom of my beer. Really? I, wrote, I wrote that in my early 20s. And not that it's so like right. amazing, but um, it's interesting. I was thinking. Well, there are those, no answers down there. And if there no. are, by the time you get to them, you forget them the next day anyway. So Yeah. And it makes, makes me think I was thinking about that already back then. Like, yeah. Even though I was writing a song and I was just trying to write something 
catchy and emotional or whatever. Something that rhymed, rhymed with tear. Look, at, exactly, but, you know, it's true. Nothing, yeah. There's no answers to bottom of the beer. So we're very negative. I mean, we're not very negative. I was just reading the word negative. Right. Because we were about to talk about negative people because it's one thing to have a, you know, a life where you're living your best life and you you know, trying to be healthy and a good person and, like we said, not thinking nasty shit about people in your mm-hmm. mind. And, uh, and then you come across somebody who is what I call in the paranormal podcast world a an energy vampire. Oh, fuck um, yeah. This is a real um, I'm phenomenon. I'm familiar with that term. Uh, the person who walks into the room and sucks all of the air out, the mm-hmm. energy, and you can feel the heaviness when they come in. Right. Or when their name is invoked. Or you see a, a post or a comment of theirs uh, on a social media doesn't that explain like half the people on social media and half the comments that are out there? And people, it is really interesting how there are so many people that just thrive on the idea of, uh, of just negative negativity. Like yeah, it feed almost, off it. You're right. It's like a vampire situation. Did you lose your vape? Yeah, I did. Okay. You see me looking. I see it. I thought you quit that. Uh, it's going to be a new year's resolution. Ah. I'm saving that for new year's. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think people who are drinking now who want to quit should wait until new year's? I think they should all wait until New Year's. If you really <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do, stop drinking now, and then celebrate on New Year's oh, by not drinking it's more. Never a bad time. Yeah. Um, so the negative people. I mean, we've been very lucky this year since there was less people involved in Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, less negativity. Yeah. Everybody at our Thanksgiving was cool, um, basically. Even in the light of the. Uh, there election was, results. There was uh, no everybody. Nobody talked about politics. Most of us are on the same page when it comes to that. Um, That's helpful. It is, and um, so we didn't have to deal with that. I bet you a lot of people out there, if you did have Thanksgiving gathering, this is the time to argue about politics. Um, <laughs> right. But we, I've had a preferably rule. while drinking, because you know, if I, I go yeah, wrong. you got to drink and talk about you know politics. Um, but those negative people, they're so like. And you know who they are in your life. You probably, as soon as I said this, you know, uh, you immediately think of a couple of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of times for me, it was in the older generations. It was a mother or a father right. or a mother-in-law. I'm not going to name anybody. God, my um, mother was, she, she was the, the definition of negativity in, yeah. the, in, the, in the dictionary. And, and the amount of, and I feel like I was like that for a bunch too. Or the yeah. sarcasm. Sarcasm is like the lowest form of um, communication. You know, it's so like... You know, and I was like that all the time. That's pure negativity. Well, you're, you're still pretty sarcastic. But I know, again, but so am I. I mean, it's... I, it, but I'm working on yeah. this. <laughs> I don't want to be that... Sar- like, I like sarcasm when it's, like, timely and funny, and if mm-hmm. you use it right, but when... I, it's almost addict, addictive to be negative. Yes. You know, it's... It's, almost, it's easy. It's the cheap yeah. joke. It's the, you know, it's it's easy to get to, to that space. Right. Making you can fun always of someone's be cynical. Appearance. You can always be... Right. right. Exactly. Um, you can be cynical, but it, it's so much harder. It was harder for me, I think, f- for most people to try and force yourself uh, to be positive, to see the glasses half full. And um, I think at a time like this, yes, let's be realistic, okay? Like, um, you have to be realistic, but you have to also try and, and see what your best options are and be grateful for what you have. And, you know, I found, like, like life is just better when you're positive, like when you're confident that the things you say, you know, to somebody that no one's watching, you say, um, that you wouldn't mind everyone knowing, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting because I'm spilling all this shit on the show and uh, I don't really want anyone to know, but this is for me, this is an act of practicing honesty. Um, and well, it's not easy. To but how do, do you, how do you turn the ship around really? Because when you're negative, when you're very negative, I mean, I, I, um, came across cause you know, I, I can, I can wallow in cynicism and negativity with the best of them. But, uh, you know, one technique that I, I picked up from somebody was, um, you know, whoever you meet, whenever you meet them, you should always, um, find something, you know, that you can compliment or, or uplift that person within the first couple sentences of talking to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. You've written out some techniques. Did I, (laughs) did I write this out? Yeah, man. Oh, look right here. I've started the practice of saying something positive to every person I meet, no matter how much of an asshole I think they are in real life. See, there's my negativity. Uh, bringing up the background, Look except on the internet where everyone is an asshole. That's what I wrote. <laughs> that is your passive aggressive, that is. negative, sarcastic, 
BS. But yeah. building other people up will always boomerang back to you. Karma and all that. Karma and all. God, when did I write this? I don't even remember writing this. Yeah. Telling people that you appreciate them or a quality of theirs is powerful mental medicine. Uh, I agree with that. And I think that's great because positivity will bring positivity back. Yeah, no, showing so appreciation. Like yeah, that that's a huge that's a huge thing for me. And how did I turn it around? Was I got in such a bad situation that I then got myself out of. At which time I could, you know, look back and say, "Wow, I'm grateful." Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, once you get in a situation where maybe you were thinking before that, you know, something negative, and then you're in that situation, it gives you that empathy. It does. Um, if you're not a sociopath. <laughs> right. Well, that, you know, those, that can't be helped, those folks, typically. Um, yeah. But showing appreciation, gratitude, like um, one thing I learned with just my wife is, you know, she does a lot for, for me and the family. Like, And for a long time, I was just skating by trying to get high every day. And um, she really, like, carried the whole, the family while I fucked around and had to go away to, you know, and she was, she did it, you know. And um, and I, I always, t- you know, t- to tell her regularly that I appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. every time she makes dinner, because she does cook, I always want to say, thank you for making dinner. And I make, you know, hopefully the kids will say it with me. Right. And it just, just as, and, and maybe someone would say, well, it doesn't mean as much if you do it as, like, uh, just a thing you do, but it's a practice that I that I'm, it I is get a into, practice. And, and it changes the way I behave and think. Um, just just by making, you know, and my kids especially, you know, because they they're having a hard time. My son is being bitchy, and kids are kids are having a rough time right now. But uh, you know, to try to be not so short with them, even though you want to scream mm-hmm. and be like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? What's wrong? You know, really just trying to be like, buddy, I love you. I know this is difficult right now and I'm here for you. And how can we make this better? And what you're doing isn't acceptable. And, you know, just trying to have that conversation. I don't know how far that'll get me. You know, at some point you got to scream, right? Well, yeah, I don't think you do. Because I, I've become much better at that since yeah. I haven't been half hungover and irritable all the time. So, you know, it makes me, um, you know, a little re- regretful about the way that I used to handle uh, stressful situations involving the kids. But, yeah. you know, live and learn and you can only go forward. Right, here. we do um, our best. And but it, it brings, you know, that whole thing brings you right back to gratitude. You know, you're just talking about, you know, Christine making dinner and everything and feeling appreciative of it because, you know, you can be grateful for the big things. Like, I'm grateful for my sobriety. I'm grateful for um, the ability to wake up and, and with a clear head. Um, but really, you know, to really drive it home, you, you should go into like the micro levels of gratitude. Like I'm, I'm grateful that my uh, son picked up his socks and put them in the hamper today because that is a, a great thing. And it shows that he's developing uh, consciousness as a person and so forth. Yeah. And, you know, and once you, if you, you turn that lens of positivity on everything, then, you know, everything starts looking positive. You know? It does. And I, I always have a fear of but it's be, hard, being right? Pollyanna. It yeah. is hard. And I don't, you don't want to go to the other level and be Pollyanna, which if you're not familiar with the term, it just means one of those people who are annoyingly positive. Fucking English majors. Yeah. Terms. <laughs> a Pollyanna. And uh, I don't, I, I'm sure that's from play yeah, or something. I don't like that either because a lot of that is false positivity. Exactly. Um, you know, what's the expression fake until you make it, which is, you know, that's good, but to a point, right? I mean, yeah. you don't want to just deny all of your internal feelings. I think fake until you make it is, is to try and make resistant people just like give them some tool because they can't even they don't even have a concept of it's the same with mental attitude though yeah positive pma positive mental attitude pma man just keep keep smiling my my grandmother used to tell me always smile sit in the front row it's this is her 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 tips to do well at school when i was looking sit in the front row smile at the teacher just sit there and smile and i I would do that (laughs) it still works in college man sometimes when you have nothing else to say just Smiling pleasantly is the way to go. And there is some science behind the fact that if you just force yourself to smile, mm-hmm. that the body reads yes. that as you are happy. That's so right. if you're not happy, but you still smile, it, it's supposed to create endorphins or something yeah. to cause you to your body to be tricked and, oh, he's happy. And it can actually make you happy. You ever try and smile though when you're really pissed off? It, like I do. I work on that. It's like, I, it makes you like crazier. It looks like a rabid animal. Yeah, it makes you crazier, but <laughs> that's now my natural, like when something is horrible and confrontational happens, I have changed my, my myself to instinctively like 
react in the opposite way that you should. And I just go, I get happy. Oh, okay. Pins and needles. Great. Needles and pins. <laughs> a happy man is yes. a man who grins. Yes. You know what that's from? No. Honeymooners. No kidding. I'll sh- link in the show notes. Middle ages? That's a good one. That is a middle-aged Because that really got, that's quote. exactly what was happening to, to Ralph Cramden. He, he was, he had, he's a, he was a rageaholic and he was trying to get better. Yeah. And so he was, he would repeat that little phrase to himself every time something went wrong <laughs> and hilarity ensued because, you know, hilarity he, he couldn't uh, keep his shit together. But <laughs> there you go, folks. Honeymooners. That's right. Um, so, you know. And then you brought up karma. I mean, that's a whole other issue. Um, do a whole show on karma. Yeah, so staying away from the negative people. And the problem with with that, though, is what happens when it's a mother or a father um, that you can't <laughs> cut off, you know? And well, I don't know. Is anyone saying cut off negative people? Because I, I, would, I cut off a lot of negative some, people. I guess to some degree you have to, right? Because a lot of those negative yeah. people were selling me drugs. Okay. Right. Um, right. Absolutely. And that, and, and like a lot of people have friends that are involved in things they, they shouldn't be or. Hello. Hold on. So maybe we were at- Welcome back. Yee-haw! Welcome back to our uh, Thanksgiving hangover uh, episode of Recovery in the Middle Ages. You know this this turkey in the straw, right? No. <laughs> I don't know this. How do you not know these songs? You're a musician. You've never All my favorite is uh Thank God I'm a Country Boy by uh what's his name? John Denver. Garth Brooks? John Denver. Oh yeah, John Denver. Well, life in the farm is kinda laid back. Yeah. Right. Ain't nothing there's something uh, country boy like Mickey and Hack. Right. Early to rise, early in the sack. Thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> Right. that show. So sorry about that. We got in. The store is open, right? Uh, because I'm assuming that people will be shopping. It is Black Friday after all, and we are doing okay. We're running a little long, and um, thank you for sticking with us, um, family members. So let's let's wrap up on family members because there there might have been family members that we deal with that are very negative. And so the way my wife deals with her person, who shall remain nameless, is she really tries to, when she comes out with some super negative stuff toward my wife, she really turns, you know, tries to turn it around by saying, well, maybe it's not that so bad. And maybe you shouldn't think of things like this. But sometimes she gets really impatient and it was really like, oh, you ever are is negative and da 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 because it's frustrating. Um, you know, which is sort of the reaction that I think negative people are looking for, really. Yeah, they want validation of that, of of that world, of their worldview. Yeah, and you know. and so and in my, you know, I've my dad's kind of like that too. So uh, it's kind of like show leading by example and showing that you you're not you don't feel that way and maybe contradicting some of their the things that they might say that they're saying like oh everybody knows that people are assholes and fuck them and you're like yeah, actually I know a lot of great people and um, they're not really all assholes and there's a few and uh, and I'm identifying with this because I, I have actually used the phrase man people are assholes many many times so this is you you're the negative person maybe. I try not to be I, I actually think people have different set points right yeah and I think you can you can change the capacity for change is inside of everybody mm-hmm. but it's some people are just happier than others by nature yeah that's true but uh, it doesn't mean you have to accept your your misery (laughs) but that said i mean you know let's just confess that it's not easy right to if everything in your life is going shitty being negative seems like a thoroughly reasonable position for you to take yeah (laughs) it, it is and the question is is it helping even though it's it's easy and natural to be negative when you're feeling negative you know, um, I don't know. Is it helping you? Maybe by when you're in such a bad situation that it's important to be honest about how bad things are. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the worst things I did when things were, when I was a functional addict, so to speak, um, was to uh, tell myself I was fine. You know, maybe my <laughs> positive mental attitude was right. taking me in the wrong direction. Right. You know, because I needed a reality check. That's interesting. You need some sort um, of rational basis for your positive yeah, at attitude. some point and I had this memory of talk I remember I uh, was talking I had a meeting with the psychiatrist at whatever place I was uh, in at that point an outpatient and I remember sitting there and I threw this smile on my face 
I completely belied mm-hmm. my true feelings. That's a good word. Belied. <laughs> belied. And laid beneath. Yes. Um, and um, I remember the doctor knowing I had just been through something horrible. It was another relapse or I got in a fight with somebody in a group and I was talking to him about something related to it. And I was like, everything's great. I'm doing great. <laughs> I feel great. Greatest I've felt. And he just looked at me like. <laughs> you are so deluded. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> that look, but I kept it up. I didn't break character. I was like, I'm great, man. This is great. And he's yeah. like, you're on probation. You can't drive. You can't stop using. You're stuck in this, you know, situation that you cannot get out of, get yourself out of. You're making it worse. You, you know, I, I didn't even have to be on probation. I was ready for a conditional discharge and I relapsed while my court case was going on. Mm. That's why I ended up on probation because mm. I could not keep my shit together um, at one of my outpatients. We will be right back. So, you know, the whole thing, you've seen that meme where the dog is in the room where it's burning down around him. He's sitting at a table with a big, like, smile on his face, and the thought bubble is like, everything's fine. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw that yeah, in the show notes. It's, <laughs> it's good. In the show everything's notes. fine. Yeah, so I actually just got a customer. Very excited. Um, first customer of Black Friday. Yeah. Um, so here we go. So... Having said that, I think we are ready for recovery in the news. Nice! Yeah! Yeah, man. So, uh, for recovery in the news this week, we're revisiting a story that we covered earlier on in the season. Um, You may recall we spoke of Miley Cyrus. And her, so um, this is breaking news. Her journey into do do, sobriety. Do do, do do, do do. Breaking news. Well, apparently Miley Cyrus is just like the rest of us. Um, in June, she had been six months sober, but this past Monday, she confessed to falling off the wagon. Oh. Um, What's the title of that article? It's Miley like? Cyrus, mm-hmm. now sober again, blames pandemic for falling off the wagon. Boom! I think lots of people can relate to that. That's what Miley Cyrus says. I, like a lot of people, being completely honest, during the pandemic, fell off. She sound, why does she sound like Yoda? <laughs> <laughs> I, anyway, she turned 28 on Monday. God bless her. Um, nice. She... Um, at the time, uh, I guess last Monday when this was, she fell off and she is now back. She And now I am back on sobriety. Back on sobriety. Two Great. weeks sober and I feel like I really accepted that time. I think she's wow. really a little French fried. Um, I fell off and I realized that I am, that I now am back on sobriety. Two weeks sober. She's back on sobriety. And I feel like I really accepted that time. Now, I don't want to take Miley Cyrus's uh, inventory at all, but... Um, she also said something else. Um, I don't want to take her inventory, but. But you're, you're she right also now. said something like she can enter, she can go into and come out of sobriety yeah. like when she when she desires to because. Um, she's not addicted to the alcohol. Right. Or the drugs. She, she just makes bad decisions. Right. Right. That's, that's So she, she has an impulse problem. Yeah. She says she's like, this is like the ultimate in. Um, uh, co-signing your own bullshit um, <laughs> of like I'm not and I did this too I had I, I definitely did this my first sponsor said like that was an amazing like I said something like I'm not an addict mm-hmm. but I drink alcohol like it was a drug right and and somehow I was trying to spin to him that this was different somehow and then like this AA stuff didn't make any sense to me because I really was a drug addict, sort of, but you know, it was just like doing these moral gymnastics on, like, yeah, and that's what it sounds like is going on here. I mean, instead of know, just saying I, I can't, I can't drink anymore, well, and these drugs are destroying my life, right. so I'm going to stop. Uh, in a break from most medical thinking on alcohol addiction, <laughs> I love Cyrus, that. calling herself very disciplined, contended it's pretty easy for me to be sober or in and out of sobriety because it's like the day I don't want to fuck expletive do it anymore i don't parsing the issue semantically she said i don't have a problem with drinking i have a problem with the decisions i make once i go past that level of intoxication because i become very impulsive so in other words you're an alcoholic uh yeah or you you are on one end of the continuum perhaps the the difficult end well god bless her and wish her well you know good luck maybe we could get her on the show 
I'd like to hear about this this amazing ability to just slip in and out of. So it's like a magic trick. It, it is right. It's uh-huh. it's like a superpower almost. Some nights she might only drop two Molly. <laughs> I don't know. And is that better than dropping four? I mean, she's That's what she's twenty eight, right? So she's kind of at that age where you could either give it up or go pro. Yeah. That's it. Join, you know? join the pro tour. I mean, she's already on tour. Um, so that is recovery in the news. Good luck, Miley. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I think those of you who have been uh, following the news at all this week and have not been living under a rock in the Utah desert may identify with the next story. For a week and weird. Um, this week and weird. Mysterious monolith appears in Utah. And here we go. A helicopter survey of a big horn sheep living in the wilderness of Utah led to the unexpected discovery of a mysterious monolith uh, or an obelisk, which had suddenly appeared planted in the ground. According to a local media report, the weird find was made this past Wednesday by officers with the Utah Department of Public Safety as they helped the state's Division of Wildlife Resource with their annual creature count. I don't know, what is an annual creature count? That's It's our, your tax dollar at work. Yeah, like what the hell is that? That's They're a, counting bighorn sheep. That's a whole there show the by itself. Yeah. As they flew over the southern part of the state, one of the biologists aboard the chopper noticed something highly unusual, which brought their work to a sudden stop. Quote, we just happened to fly directly over the top of it, pilot Brett Hutchings recalled. He was like, whoa, 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 turn around, turn around. And I was like, what? And he's like, this is the article. And he's like, there's this thing back there. We've got to go look at it. This, are you sure this isn't like <laughs> the opening to this a is, movie? This is great. The source of all the excitement was a puzzling metal monolith standing strikingly out of place in a cove of the state's iconic red rocks. Understandably curious about the object, the team proceeded to land the helicopter and investigate it up close. We were kind of joking around that... If one of us suddenly disappears, Hutchings laughed, (laughs) then the rest of us make a run for it. Okay. I really have to start reading these before I do them on the show. (laughs) This is funny, though. Um, A monolith. Does anyone know what a monolith monolith is? Is it different from an obelisk? It is. Think picture the Washington Monument. That is a... A monolithic obelisk. Okay. Wow, (laughs) shit. Like... Could a monolith be something other well, than an obelisk? It looks like the thing in 2001, A Space Odyssey. It's just right. a smaller version of it. Which is like based on the uh, Egyptian monoliths. I mean, that's interesting. People do a lot of weird stuff like this uh, in construction. There is... Um, oh, you think you, you don't think it's aliens? You think somebody just planted it out there? It, it might be, but this is along the lines. It's probably aliens. I mean, we know that, right? We would hope. Um, there's something called the Georgia Guidestones in Georgia, believe it or not, which Google that. The Georgia Guidestones is extremely interesting. It's in Georgia. It's these four giant granite-like blocks. Obelisks. They're not obelisks. They're yeah, just like this, actually. It's like this. Something almost fell down on me in the storeroom here. <laughs> um, don't worry. There's nothing breakable. Just my uh, your bones. My glass unicorn collection is sort of right here, <laughs> so if that falls. Um, and it's weird, and it has all of these weird things in different languages about how the global population has to be reduced to 250 million people, and, like, nobody knows the person who, like, commissioned it and built it. What? And there's all of this, like, yeah, guys, look this up. This is one of these, like, paranormal, you know, mystery-type things. It's super interesting. It's not well-known. Georgia Guidestones. Huh. All right, look Thank it up show notes. and make sure we have the correct sound cue here. Ready? This Week in Weird. <laughs> well, Mike, I think we've had a great show. We've come to the end of our time together, so, folks. And um, thank you guys so much, and we hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And uh, thank you guys for listening. How about and, when uh, this is over, we go do a little coke? <laughs> let's do it. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Twit is a twat, you twit on Twitter, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, wherever great podcasts are sold for free. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Did I already say that? Yeah, and okay. check our private group out. And we, we're we on there regularly. We interact with everybody. Uh, we are not so famous that we don't have time to sit there and wait for people to comment right. and then get giddy when they do. Oh, also, merch soon. Merch soon. Yeah, we're, we're working, working out some supply chain kinks. Yeah, one of our listeners is also a, a t-shirt guy. And if you're listening, um, I want to figure out how to 
work with uh, with that. That guy does some really cool stuff, but we, we're trying to figure out a nice solution. MiddleAgesRecovery.com, submit your new story. And as we say, non proficiat perfecto. Uh, Progress, not perfection. I hesitate only what? because I think we may be pronouncing one of those words wrong. Non proficiat. What is it? It's pro, pro, It's a hard C, I think, in the first one. Pro anyway, proficiat. We'll get back to you on that. Is it proficiat? I heard somebody maybe pronounce is. that word recently on like NPR or something. Oh, I right. assume they pronounced Latin correctly. Because <laughs> right. we we don't know. All right. Well, we want to we want to get it. Any get Latin it right. scholars listening? Latin scholars, please. Is it proficiate or proficiate? Pro kick, pro, pro, proficiate. I don't know. Progress, not perfection. Right, yeah, yeah, yes. okay. Guys, again, <laughs> looking forward to a great uh, lead up to Christmas with some specials and yes, uh, hopefully some, some new guests. interviews. Yeah, we love you guys, and we will see you next yeah. week. Be good for the rest of the week if you can. Bye. Bye.